This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I was Matt Chat with Chaps for that Millwall podcast where it finished at Carrow Road. Norwich City 3, Millwall 1. Usually, I have the benefit of uh, sleeping on it and recording these 24 hours after uh, after the, the result and performance, and I can sort of calm down and get rid of the emotions. But today, with it being a, a Sunday kickoff, I'm literally recording this two hours after the match finished, so it might be a little bit more raw this time. Um, but I'll do my best, as always. Okay, today was not good enough. Um, it was one of the worst performances I've seen in a long time, I think. In my opinion, I'll, I'll come on to, to it throughout the course of this video, but in my opinion, Rowett's got two games to save his Millwall career, if he even wants to save it, which at times I don't know if he even does anymore. Um, I've been very much a Rowett in person, but I think even I'm starting to uh, to think it might be time given today because today was just not on. The, the players didn't seem to care. It's a very weird feeling at the club at the moment. Um, I know we lost JB in the summer, uh, God rest his soul. And you don't know how that affects everyone at the club. But at the moment, it just feels like no one cares from from, from all angles. And it's really bizarre because the club have gone out and spent five million, but it still feels like no one really cares. There seems to be low plan at the moment. Um, it's, it's a very odd, odd state of affairs. Um, and we'll we'll get into it with all sorts of all sorts of things uh, today. So um, let's start off with a team that he, he picked uh, to start the game. So Casper uh, Denor and Joe Bryan had knocks. There was doubts as to whether Romain Essay would be available for today, but he was. He started, he made his first uh, start for us today. And actually, if I'm honest, I when I saw that, I actually thought it was the wrong game for him to start. Um, and I think we'll come on to it uh, in terms of his specific performance. But uh, I think that is exactly what played out. I don't think Romain Essay had a very good game at all. And I'm not singling them out. I'm just referring to the... I'm obviously talking about him and it being his first start. But the bottom line is, when you've got a player like Romain Essay, his strength is in going that way, taking on players going forward. If you start him in a game where he's going to spend 70% of the time out of possession, 
it's kind of pointless, pointless in having, having him on the pitch. You might as well have Vogel Sammer on there. And that's the truth. That is the truth. And uh, he was probably at fault for the first goal. But we'll come on to that in a moment. So the team that started uh, was a back four. So sorry, Sarkic and goal. Murray Wallace left back. Danny Matt right back. Cooper and Hutch in the middle. Uh, two in front of them was Billy Mitchell and the returning George Savile for Casper Denor. Uh, and then uh, Watmore, Fleming and SA in the three behind the lone striker, Kevin Nisbet. Um, for Norwich, uh, noticeable players that we'll talk about. Jonathan Rowe, um, Josh Sargent, Ashley Barnes, Gabriel Sara, Ben Gibson. You know, they, they've, they've got a lot of quality in their team um, and they were far superior to us. Let's, let's be honest. And I think today could have quite easily, believe me, have been 5 or 6 nil. Norwich basically declared at 3 nil. That's the way I would describe it. They they could have scored more if they really wanted to. And as much as I'm really pleased for Imaku, and he's exempt from any criticism that I'm going to give out today, that goal does not get scored if we're not 3 nil down. It doesn't. Um, because they, they it, it's no, no coincidence that we had our best spell when it was 3-0 because they'd basically given up um, and they still could have scored more but that says it all so anyway that was the team that started and, and I think the first couple of minutes was um, quite frantic actually uh, we had a didn't have a, sh- a chance but we had sort of possession uh, which is a rarity uh, in, in their half and sort of was, was, was you know it, it was quite a nice sort of start I felt we started okay and then they did you know they, they forced an early corner um, and then they go very close with with a shot from just Sargent from range on six minutes that literally was a whisker away. I'm not sure Sarkic would have got there. Um, and I think that kind of set the tone. For the next sort of 15 minutes or so, uh, it was quite sloppy from both sides in terms of like just some of the general play. No, no one could really string passes together. But as soon as Gabriel Sara started getting on the ball, that was it. He was massively the difference maker today. They had some fantastic players, but he is quality he showed his quality against us um uh last season and uh he was he was outstanding today i think he's he's probably in the best three players in the championship in my opinion and by the end of the window with the likes of Dewsby hall etc going uh possibly I, I think he could end up being the best player in the league um he's he really is that good if we think fleming's worth 10 12 million then then this bloke's uh worth a lot more than that but as the game started to get into sort of 15, 20 minute mark, it was just again completely apparent that they were quicker than us. They were fitter. They looked, they were first to every second ball. They were sharper. They were just half a second ahead. And the thing is, Millwall's team is built on solidarity and a heart and an effort level because there are players, and I've said this before, that are not up to top end championship standard. Murray Wallace being one example. But we've been successful with this group because of the effort, heart, desire, commitment, whatever you want to call it. If that goes out the window and we the other team have more of that, we're never going to win games. And t- today was just evident. I-, I don't know what it is. That's, I'll be honest, that's more my concern that they just look fitter than us. That's the second game running where we've got just outrun the, the athleticism. Um, I'm jumping ahead here, but it was a moment in the first half. This was when they were 1-0 up. I'll come back to their goal in a second where we had an opportunity. It was our only opportunity in the first half where Nisbet, uh, balls come in, Nisbet had had like a sort of bit of toe poke towards goal, but it's blocked. And then they break and Sargent carries the ball, 
30 yards and outpaces two of our players like that. And he's not particularly quick either. And it, it was just such a stark contrast for us. We we can see possession too quickly and too easily. And the turnover of play is just, oh, there's so much to moan about today. Um, but they take the lead and it, it comes out of nothing really, to be honest. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to take the lead. They absolutely did. But, you know, and again, I'm not singling SA out because I know a lot of the, you guys that listen to this are, are massive SA fans, as am I. But this was not the right game for him to start. And this was evident. Um, Rowe picks the ball up. Essay's way too casual with, with, with sort of, you know, uh, in terms of closing him down. He plays a 1-2 with Ashley Barnes. Superb play from Ashley Barnes. Holding up against Hutch. Thinks him around the corner. Essay doesn't track his man. And it's a superb finish from Rowe. And Rowe is essentially what Essay can and will be. So uh, Rowe's 20. So he's a couple of years on, on Essay. He had last season out injured but um, Norwich fans are very excited by him and and I can see it you know he's just he's a bit bulkier than SA um, and he's off the ball work is better but then it also helps that he's going that way 70% of the time instead of going that way and that's not SA's game that's why I said I don't think it's the right game for him to start the right game for him to start would be at home to Stoke next week which I'm sure he will end up playing and he'll do better because hopefully we'll be going more the other way but We'll know by breath. So they go 1-0 up. Um, and I think, to be honest with you, they, they were getting a lot of joy down the flank. Uh, both flanks, to be to be fair. In the first half, they had 12 crosses alone. We had zero. And we go in 1-0 down, and it could have been more. 2-0 wouldn't have flattered them. And then the second half come. Uh, second half, we, we come out, no changes again. And you think, right, we, we've got to be better than we were in the first half. Three minutes in, we can see the free kick. And then from the goalkeeper to the defending, it's just shambolic. It was absolutely awful. I don't know what Sarkic is doing. He comes out. He's not getting anywhere near it. If he stands on... I know it's easy to say, but if he stays on the line, he probably catches it. He doesn't. He comes out, gets nowhere near it. Sergeant beats his man. So, being is, I think Sergeant... I was trying to watch it back from different angles. I don't know who was picking him up. I think that was Billy Mitchell, which... It's a bit of a mismatch, really. But he, all Sergeant does is just run along the line, getting nearer the near post and wins the header I mean it's it's so poor from our perspective defensively you know we, we we used to pride ourselves on being good at set plays when's the last time we scored from a set play oh, it was just terrible and then that day they have multiple chances but we didn't have our best chance of the game which actually doesn't even turn into a chance because Fleming wastes it but we could somehow get to 2-1 somehow where it's all through them cocking up and the only time we actually got the press right, I think the ball, I can't remember exactly. Uh, as I say, this is quite raw. So I think it's SA has the ball. He slips in Fleming. Fleming tries to have a shot, whereas if he just sort of squared it, I think Nisbet's probably got a bit of a, the tapping's probably a stretch, but he doesn't. He shoots, he gets blocked. They then break. I don't think they score from the break, but a couple of minutes later and they make it 3-1. And the, the defensive play from... Wallace allowing the cross in and then Hutch and Cooper can't deal with Barnes at all. The pair of them. It's it's just it's just shambolic. It was so bad. And let's just say they uh they could have easily, easily have scored more goals if they wanted to. And Maku pulls one back, I feel for him, to be honest, because obviously he's he's the bright the shining light at the moment. He scores his first professional goal and there was no real celebrations from the fans or the players. I felt for the kid because he's been 
outstanding and the likes of him and and, and Nisbet, the uh, Noor, are probably thinking, "Why am I doing it? Why did I? Why, you know, why am I here?" Yeah, it was just there's just something not right. There's something not right, and you can tell because of the players don't look fit. There seems to be a lack of organisation and communication. I don't get the sense that anyone cares that we're not performing either, and I don't know if that's just me and my observations, but I just don't really. I haven't listened to Rowick post match, so. Uh, I'll come on to the chanting and stuff in a minute, but I haven't heard that, so I don't know what he said. I just get the vibe no one really cares, and it's it's really weird. Yeah, I, I can't I can't put my finger on it. It's just I feel like something's going sour, and we've we we, we we've been here before in terms of the chance with Rowett. We've definitely been here before, but I feel like this time it's different. I think it's a larger group doing it. Uh, obviously, his reaction was just stupid. I don't know what he's hoping to achieve from that. You know, he, he talks all the time about you know being calm, and and he's he's quite an intelligent chap. Whatever you think of him, and then to react like he did, I think he's just stupid and pathetic. So I wonder what he uh, summarizes it after the game as. But I think the thing with Rowett and his style of play is Rowett is a ticking time bomb. The fans are always waiting to get on his back because the football is so bad. But in a results based business. You can't argue that over the last three or four seasons, we've done well from a results perspective. No one can argue with that. And this is the problem. He is literally a ticking time bomb because the moment the same style does not yield results, the fans will turn. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now because the football's never been good. And he must know that as well, by the way. Gary Rowett's football is shit. Regardless of whether you're a Rowett fan or not, it's boring, it's it's pragmatic, it's crap. But it has been effective. It's not at the moment. And I don't know whether that is just we're going for a bad bit of form and we'll turn it around. Or whether players are not playing for him anymore. Or there's something deeper. I don't know. But it all just seems a bit weird at the moment and it's turning very, very sour. And I think he's got two games, in my opinion, to sort of save his Millwall career and the reason I say that is because he's playing his two former clubs he's playing Stoke and he's playing Birmingham now Gary Rowett and Millwall always lose to Norwich but Gary Rowett always beats Stoke we beat them both times last season so I think the performance against Stoke will be telling and that will show us whether these players are trying to play for him and get him through this rut or get him out of this situation or whether they're like actually sod him I don't really want to be here and it's really difficult to tell. And there's all these sorts of things like Cooper's contract. That's another thing that's just weird to me. Is he waiting to see if Rowett's not going to be here? That wouldn't surprise me. You know, there's lots of rumours that Jed and, and Rowett didn't get on. And, and maybe that was part of the reason Jed didn't stay. Could that be the same with Cooper? Who knows? You know, there's there was rumours that him and Savile don't get on. And him and Danny Mac. So, I'm not f- turning on a dime and, and I'm Rowett out. I'm not. I think he's got enough credit in the bank for the next two games. But if the if the performance is as bad as it was today in the next two games, I can't see how it can continue. Because if you allow it to con- continue, I promise you we'll be in a relegation battle if we play like we did today. It was toothless. It was gutless. And Rowe deserves a lot of stick for that. But so do the players. Where's all this old we're playing for JB? Terrible. It, 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 the effort levels. If you're a professional footballer, you get yourself fit. And we just didn't seem fit today. It was just... It, it's 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 weird. 
um, it, it, there is something that's not quite right. I mean, the team, this team is not usually a team that loses two on the bounce. And we've now lost three. In our last three games, we've scored one goal and conceded eight. Um, we've lost five of the last seven league games. And if you extrapolate our current form over seven games over a full season, it is relegation, Paul. That's a fact. We get, I think it's 40-something points. We've taken six points from 21. You extrapolate that over a season, that is relegation form. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, it needs addressing and it needs addressing quick. Um, we, in fairness to Rowett, the squad's paper thin. I think, again, where does that fault lie? Again, this goes back, there just seems to be a lack of plan. There seems to be a lack of plan on the pitch. And from a recruitment perspective... I almost don't I, don't, I don't know if I understand it because we've gone out and we spent, I don't know what we spent on Denor, one, two million, don't know, right? We've gone out and spent that money on Denor when, to me, our central midfield was not the weakest link. Don't you, I'm not saying Denor's not an upgrade on Savile because from what I've seen, I think he is and I love Savile. But would we not have been better spending that two million on a centre-half? It just, it just seems weird. I, and we've left ourselves... Have we spent too much money on a fewer amount of players when we needed more? Should we have taken the ten million on Fleming so that we could sign these three, four players that we clearly need? I mean, I would do it now, but Fleming, I was going to come and buy Fleming on his current form. He's been abysmal. Um, it's just, it's there's something not right at the moment. There really isn't. And as I say, I think we will find out what what is going on and whether it's a a player revolt or something in the next two games because it's just. It's poor. I know notoriously we're not good starters. I think um, I think we normally. Uh, I saw someone put a stat up on Twitter earlier. I think it was um, uh, JP Mill put a stat up saying that on average we win three out of our first ten games. So we're not usually a strong starter. And actually, um, I'm jumping around all over the place here. Uh, probably too much emotion at the moment. Um, but today's performance reminded me a bit of a way at Swansea last season where they went 2-0 up quite quickly and we ended up drawing 2-all. 
but the actual performance was really bad. But you kind of got overshadowed because we somehow brought it back and scored two last-minute goals, which, if, when we were 2-0 down today, Fleming had taken that chance, who knows to say that couldn't have happened? Because I think Norwich could were easy to get at from a... And we, if we attacked them, I think we could have scored goals today. That easily could have been 2-2 or 6-0 today. But it went the way it did. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's just very odd. It really is. Um, I think it's it, 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 it's hard to put your finger on it, but there is definitely something that's just not quite there at the moment. And um, as I say, I think the next couple of games we'll, we'll, we'll see what is actually going on because there are a lot more performances like this and we will be in the relegation zone. We desperately need to sign players. Absolutely, I don't disagree. But the team that started today, other than SA, I think, and the keeper... It's basically the team that the group of players that got us to where it did last season, which makes it even more odd. And then what's even more odd than that is that our top top goal scorer from last season can't even get on the pitch. I mean, all right, he did for like five minutes, but he, this is what I'm saying. There's just a lot of weirdness going on at the club at the minute. You got that. You got Cooper not signing a contract. You've got the most underwhelming kit release I've ever seen ever like you know it, there's there's just lots of things going on at the minute it just makes me think that there's something more underlying going on and again we've lost that chairman and maybe we're underestimating the impact that has i don't know anyway um player ratings uh so sarkic i'm starting to get a little bit nervy i think there was twice today where he got absolutely nowhere near no he got nowhere near the, their goal and then he was at fault for that in my opinion and then there was a, a moment in the first half where he sort of come out. I don't know if he was trying to punch it or catch it, but he sort of did neither. And luckily, it came to nothing. But it must be difficult coming into a side that's playing terrible, under pressure, and the defence are poor. So I'm not going to make a decision on him now. I think you'd be really stupid to. But I've got a few sort of concerns in the back of my mind. And George Long probably was cracking up to himself today. He's, he's moved to, to Norwich, probably getting paid. One and a half times what he was playing, being paid at Millwall, and they just battered us. So he's probably sitting there having the last laugh. Um, the defense, <laughs> the defense. Um, if we want to be a top half team in the championship, Murray Wallace can no longer be a regular starter for us. He can't. I love him. Um, he's been a great servant for us. He epitomises what Millwall about. Hard work, heart, passion, commitment. But he's not up to it anymore. And in my opinion, we really do need to sign. Obviously, we've got Joe Bryant. But, you know, Murray Wallace has started every game this season. And I think you're as only as weak as your weak link, your weakest link. And I think our weakest links are all in the defence. And at the moment, I would argue it's between Murray Wallace and Danny Mack. I think Danny Mack has been really poor this season. Um, he, he, I don't know if it's a confidence thing. Maybe he needs to be dropped. Um, can Wes Harden be that bad? Why did we sign him if we're not going to play him? Clearly, there's something up with Danny in terms of confidence or whatever. I don't know what it is, but um, another really poor game from Danny. Uh, Hutch and Cooper, as good as H- I thought Hutch was against Bristol, and I sort of said to he, he, you know, he he didn't deserve any criticism. I thought he was terrible today. Again, like not been out of deal with Barnes. Barnes had both of them in the pockets. You know, um, both Hutch and Cooper are terrible. I don't know if Cooper is uh, 
I don't know what's going on with him and his contract. I think we either need to we need to get that sorted out, and if he's not going to be, we need to sell him. Um, but as a collective, that back four has been our defence now for some time, and I think that there might be a bit too much nostalgia there uh, because I think we need to we need to that that's where we need to start addressing it and urgently because it's just it's just not good enough anymore um, from a defensive point of view and from an attacking perspective. The defence urgently needs to be be addressed. Um, then Billy Mitchell, George Sabal. So I thought George Sabal is the only person that started the game, I think, that get any credit at all. I don't think he played well, but he's, to me, the only one that actually looked like he was not trying, but had that kind of heart and desire, I, I, like flying into tackles and stuff like that. I thought, I thought Sab was okay. Considering it was his first game back as well in terms of starting, I feel a bit for Sab because I thought he was my player of the season last year and, um, again, has been dropped. So I thought Sab was okay. I thought Billy was quite underwhelming again. I think he lost the midfield battle to Sarah. I don't think he'll play many players better than Sarah. Um, and again, it's difficult, right? I think, you know, everyone knows how much of a Billy Mitchell fan I am. So not digging him out, I think it's very difficult to look good in a side that's playing as poorly as we are. I thought Watmore was poor. Didn't really offer much at all today. Um, uh, I, Fleming, I mean, I don't know. It's I'd probably drop him. I, I, I would. I really would. I, I don't. He, he did nothing again today. He did nothing. Um, the, the front four. I don't know who was meant to be doing what, but they got the press all wrong, particularly in the first half today. Um, SA I thought he was really poor again he's a kid he's learning his trade but today was not the game to start him Uh, and I stand by that I'm sorry if you're going to spend 70% of your time out of possession uh, today was not the game to start him Um, and this bit I feel sorry for Uh, he we had seven touches in the opposition box all game and I think he had one of them what I feel sorry for the bloke. He is... He, I'm telling you now, in a good side, Nisbet would score 20 goals in the championship. I Mark my words, he would. He's a very, very, very good player. But if you don't let him touch the ball in the box, he's not going to score goals. And he looks like he's got the ump, and I don't blame him. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the subs, I thought they all made an impact, to be honest. Obviously, I've talked about Amaku, who's direct. He's got a bit more physicality than SA has, and I think that shows, particularly in the championship. Scored a really good goal. Is it time for him to start? Don't know. Can he do a lot worse? I actually thought Bogey did all right when he come on. You know, I think that could he do much worse? <laughs> like I'm not, I've not been a Bogey fan, but could he do worse? At least you know he's going to run around. Um, I thought Evans looked good when he come on. I mean, it's it's easy to look good when a team is basically declared, right? I think that's that's a bit of context, but. We need to do something different. We need to change something. So is it starting Evans? Do we go to a back three and put Evans in there and then let him kind of dictate the play and then tell Denor, Mitchell or Savile whoever plays in that midfield to push up a little bit? Do you play three in the midfield? Do you play a 4-3-3 and have Evans in the, in the middle as like a pivot? A bit like what Sarah was doing today, dropping the ball, pinging it around. We know Evans has got superb passing in. The thing is with Evans, Evans, Evans is not a Millwall type player in a sense. He doesn't go around 
you know, uh, he's not very physical. He, he comes across a bit lethargic and light heart, um, a bit of lightweight. Um, but he's got a bit of quality about him on the ball. There's, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Is it, is it, is that the wild card we need to do? We need to, to play him. I, I don't know what it is. Um, and then I thought Harding looked okay as well. Um, we need to make a change. And I think whether that is Evans playing the next game, Leonard starting, because I, I don't know why he's not. He's fit. It's rare that he's fit. Why is he not starting? Um, could you start Bradshaw and Nisbet? You know, play two up top. Imagine that. It, it's just something. Um, we need to get ourselves out of this little rut because for the last couple of seasons, our success, and if you actually look back, I was thinking about this today, if you actually look back, not last season, season before, when things weren't going our way in games, it'd be, give it to Jed. Give it to Jed. Excuse me. He'll try and make something happen. Last season, either Fleming would dig us out of a hole with something outstanding, or towards the end of the season, it was give it to Burke. And I know people will laugh at this, but it was. Because I remember the game at Hull, that was like, just give it to Burke. There's, there's like... And by the way, I'm not for one second suggesting that Ollie Burke is the answer to all of our prayers. The point I'm trying to make is a lot of our kind of play was built on there was at least a plan, which was whether it was give it to Jed, give it to Burke, Fleming do something, but none of that's happening at the minute. We don't have like a proper outlet. Fleming isn't doing anything and we can't get Nisbet in the game. There just doesn't seem to be a way of playing today. Norwich have a clear way of playing they like to get it. They like to get Sarah on the ball, nice and deep, and then create overloads in wide areas and get the balls into the box. And in the likes of Josh Sargent and Ashley Barnes, they've got a really good duo up front. That's a clear identity and a way of playing. I feel like we've had that in the past, and whilst I've not always agreed with it, I just don't see it at the moment. And that's my, my, my issue. We desperately need to improve the defence, and we desperately need a bit of pace and a bit of sort of dynamism Um and athleticism in the, the the upper part of the pitch. There was another stat I, I read, um, and I don't know how true this is because I've read conflicting stats, but I think what I would say it gives you a direction of what I'm trying to say. They had players that completed up to 15 successful dribbles. Now, I don't know what the stats define as a dribble, but they had 15. We had three in the whole game. We haven't got players, ball carriers, that can take the ball up the pitch. And that's what I meant about Burke, by the way. Regardless of what you think of him, he was able to get the ball up the pitch. We don't really have that. We don't have anyone that can drive with the ball. Uh, SA can, but I personally think he's better from central areas. I don't necessarily think he's a wide player. But yeah, look, I've gone on there. It's probably less structured than normal. Um, probably more ranty than normal and a bit more emotional. Uh, as I say, I've not got the benefit of sort of waiting 24 hours and... and, and uh, collating my thoughts a little bit but that's kind of where we are I think to summarise what I would say is today was abysmal I think the players and Rowett all need to take responsibility for it I think Imaku and Sabal to a point are exempt from that I think Rowett's got two games to save his Millwall career whether the club will fall trigger after that I don't know but I feel like it's a very defining two games um, against his former former teams and something's just not quite right at the minute. It really isn't. We we don't look fit. We don't look up for it. We don't look interested. There's just a bit of a weird vibe going on at the moment. And unless things change quickly, whether that's for a completely different change in terms of personnel and style of play on the pitch, 
or it's new signings or manager. I don't know. Um, I think we could be in for a long season, uh, which is really bizarre when you consider we spent five million. So that's just adds to the whole weirdness of it. But anyway, I'm going to leave it there, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you've got this far, um, where where are you on the row at outscale? Do you, do you think he's got enough credit in the bank, like what I'm saying, to to give him another couple more games? Even if you don't, do you actually think he's going to be sacked? We know he's not going to walk, right? So where where are you on the 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 row at outscale? Do you want him out now? Do you want to give him those two games, or do you, do you think that um, we we should we should let him have a, a longer period? Let me know what you think in the comments, guys. I do respond to as much of them as I can. Um, I guess I'll see you at the, down the down the den for the Stoke game. Um, hopefully by then we've uh, we've made a few signings because I think uh, an injection of pace and athleticism is is needed. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your weekend, week wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. Thanks again for listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.